these days it seems life forces us to be on all the time, but every now and then it's important to stop and reset. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Tate, I'm thinking about it. I, uh, so game four is coming up. It's Friday. It's Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been, it's been a minute since I've been to a sports bar and watched an NBA game. It, it's been a few years. In fact, since we've been to watch the finals. I remember we watched the finals together. Um, PJ Tucker was there. What was that bar we were at in Hollywood? Uh, when it was Raptors, it was Raptors. The parlor. parlor. Yeah. That's the, that's the, yeah. yeah, you know, PJ Tucker was sitting at the table next to us. That was great. And my point is I miss that feeling. So I think Friday night, I'm going to find a local bar. I'm going to belly up to that bar. And I'm going to say, keep the Coors Lights coming. Make sure the mountains are blue. And I'm going to. That is true that we saw P.J. Tucker watching the finals. Yeah, we did. And now he's like, yeah. And then he won a championship. I, mean, I will was always remember. His, yeah. Two years later. Yeah. Two years, Two later. years later. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. We were there at the parlor. Oh. Hammering Coors Lights. And uh, I was thinking <laughs> yeah, about he, it. He saw us hammering Coors Lights and was like, I can never be here <laughs> yeah. with these podcasters again. <laughs> but I was thinking about that experience uh, watching game three tonight. And I was like, I got to get back to the sports bar. for. Uh, they're hard to come by in L.A., but I'm going to find one. I'm going to drink a ton of Coors Light. You should do the same because there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash TNT. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are officially a hockey podcast. Welcome into the uh, newest hockey podcast on the. How uh, will Sisterkin respond in Game Five <laughs> in MSG? Can't wait. To the talk Colorado about Avalanche are a wagon. Tate, can anybody? Mm. Can can the Tampa Bay Lightning or the New York Rangers? No matter who wins the East, I don't think it matters. The Avalanche seem like the team of destiny to me. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about the nine days or 11 days of mm, rest, depending yep. on if it goes, goes, well, we're going to talk games. about it today. We're going to break <laughs> yeah. it all down. Uh, the NHL playoffs also, uh, women's college world series going on these Oklahoma Sooners. What I'm seeing out of these, these gals, uh, from Norman is, is, is unprecedented to, to put it mildly up six. They're hitting dingers. That's for sure. On Texas, uh, in, in the, in the deciding series here, uh, it is, it has been an absolute treat to watch these, these girls, uh, play softball so we'll, we'll definitely spend a lot of time on that um also this uh this new golf tour i know tate you're a big golfer i know you got some thoughts on that we'll, we'll probably spend 20 to, to 56 minutes or you so don't have some thoughts on like how many <laughs> slots are open in the other tours as guys are leaving for this tour can i get a spot like on the hooters tour or the can nationwide I, can tour? i get a can can the saudis pay us money to cover the uh, the is it the liv or the live it's the you, live it's the live golf the invitational live? series yeah that's that's what it is that seems i don't know having having a never mind like having having the saudis call it the live tour the, it feels, it, it feels like they listened to a Rick Ross song about Club Live, and they were like, "Live is cool. That's a good yeah. brand. Let's call it the Live Golf Series." And that's how it came to be. Yeah, they don't even have a broadcast partner right now. Like uh, this is not even on television. You can't even watch it. 
That's a, that's if, the funniest part about it. Okay, all. so what we're going to do on the show today is we're going to spend a, a good chunk of time uh, debating what we would do if the the Saudi uh, – I like I like how you just say the Saudis and that covers everything. It's like the Illuminati. You're like, yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. to explain like what you mean by that. You're just like the Saudis. Mm-hmm. Um, if they approached us and said, we will pay you millions upon millions of dollars to cover this tour for us, mm. how would we handle it? We're going to talk about it on the show today. Also, oh. if we have time at the end, um, I guess game three in the uh, NBA Finals happened. <laughs> might touch on that we'll see i don't know we'll see if we have enough time um it's a it's a touch and go situation and we simply do not have the time to hit everything so we will we will see uh where we stand tate that's uh <laughs> that's our goal we'll see we'll see how much we can hit uh, we will see <laughs> we're gonna talk about the NBA finals but first woody durham he takes the time out We'll talk about game three. It was game three, right? It was a game four tonight. And I've lost it, felt like and I, ga- it felt like two games. It felt like two games. Game one. Well, game one was a week and a half ago, right? So we, we surely are on game like four or five at this point, right? It can't be just game three now. But um, I think, hold on, let me Google. Yeah. Yeah. It says game three. It says Boston up two to one now. How about that? How about um, that? The, the Celtics are going to win the NBA championship. We yeah. as first reported on Titus and Tate. Uh, it is It is a done deal. It is, uh, it is over. <laughs> We've seen enough. Wave yeah. the white flag if you're the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, can I say this? Can I start with this? I don't know what your what your big thought is that you want to share uh, to start, but here's my big thought. Draymond Green sucks. He's bad. <laughs> He's really, really bad. This, and in fact, is this going back? Not, I'll let you go off, but this is this going back <laughs> against your anti-podcaster rant? Anti-podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I, I I got some I got some uh, some gruff from that. Some some friends in the industry reached out to Whoa. me. They're like, hey man. They're like, hey. What do you mean that that all podcasters are losers? I'm a podcaster. Are you saying I'm a loser? And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I am. I, I can't stress this enough. Like, there's, <laughs> and you know how I know this, Tate, is because I, again, because I they hit you up a asking. Podcaster. See, yeah. you never ask. I'm sitting here. You're saying it. I am also a podcaster. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I'm serious. But uh, well, yeah. Tate, you know, you know as well as I do. When you go places, you go to mm. say a hypothetical cocktail party, even though I can't even remember. A time in my life I was ever actually like at a quote unquote cocktail party, but whatever the hell those things are, um, you're at a, you're at a little shindig in LA say, and you, you, you meet some strangers Tate and they say, what do you do for a living? You and I both know when you answer podcasts now, podcasts are main. I would say it's mainstream media at this point. Like to, maybe that's a verge too far, but people know what podcasts are. Like my, my, yes. my grandparents know what podcasts are, you know, like it's not, it's not took about four years, five years, 10 years, but yes, you're right. I think it's public domain. Now people know what it's public domain. We'll put it that way. It's not mainstream per se. Not everybody listens to podcasts, but like people know what podcasts are to where, you you know what a Kleenex is. It's a tissue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if, if you say what a podcast, what is a podcast? Like most people know what you're talking about. And in spite of that, Tate, when, when you meet strangers and you tell them what they do for a living, they look at you differently. They look at you like you're of weird. Course. They're like, what are you doing? You're what? like a TikToker. You're yes. an influencer. You're a YouTuber. You're yes. a blogger. You're in that group of, and it's not a good group, right? And Whereas like if, the podcasters are trying to be in a different group. Like we're, we're looking at the journalists. We're looking at the writers. We're looking at all those guys and we're saying, 
Right. What about us? And they're like, no, no, no. Whereas if, if I said that I would, if I did a radio show and you and I did the exact same thing we're doing right now, mm-hmm. and instead of it being a podcast, we'd be broadcast. winning awards for yes. revolutionizing <laughs> radio and uh, people would love us on serious. No, but like, like people you meet would be like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, like, tell me more you. about that. Like, yes. what, what markets are you in? I mean, you know, yes. Like, if we were just like a Dallas some... radio show, yeah. things would be going really swell for us. But you say podcast and we're like, uh, <laughs> Does what? They're like, that's a job. They're like, so what else do you do for income? So many different. Um, and my point (laughs) is, society. It's it's not my feelings that if you podcast, you're a loser. That is what I have seen society treat me as. And with that in mind, Draymond, you're a loser. And tonight, tonight proved the point for me, Tate. That like the only way Draymond Draymond Green was in a unique position where he could become the first guy to have a podcast and be cool ever in the history of, of podcasting. Mm. Um, but in order to do that, Draymond JJ would Reddick have to so upset do right now. What'd you say? <laughs> so JJ Reddick is so upset. Right now. Oh, yeah. uh, that's that's like talking to... about the eighties or the nineties. In yeah, front of that man. I, You're gonna get him fired I, I, up. I promised myself I wouldn't talk about JJ on this, uh, <laughs> on this show, but let's back. Know. All right. It, next. All right. Back to the Draymond um, podcast. The, the Draymond's <laughs> path to being the first cool podcaster was, he does a podcast after every single NBA finals game. Uh, and, and along the way he puts up insane numbers or he has like, like huge moments in the fight. He, he swings these games in the Warriors favor. The Warriors win another title and then Draymond green podcast from the club or from the locker room or yeah. like right after he gets back from the club, uh, something along those lines, then and only then can this man be cool as a podcaster tape. And instead what we're seeing is the exact opposite that he's, he's just like, he's got this like cult of personality around him that like it's, it's, it's like a, a huge black hole of like takes that then like he like sucks everyone into his vortex. And now we have to, t- now if you, if you're, if you're someone that points out that Draymond green sucked ass tonight in game three, then he does the podcast and he's like, all the haters don't understand shit about basketball. Mm-hmm. Let me explain everything to you. And then it's just like this tug of war going on. And, and what's frustrating to me, Tate is that this man is washed up. He is over the hill. He, he is, uh, and, and the reason I feel this way is because as you're watching game three, you realize the, the, the Warriors are completely outmatched. You pointed this out in the last show that they don't have a, you know, Kevon Looney is not, he, he's, he's, they have not, no rim protection. It's, yeah, he's, it's he's a glaring gonna, weakness. He, yeah. Draymond Green was able to cover it at a surface level, but they never played a team with actual guys. Right. Actual and, and, and the only way that this Warriors lineup can work is, if Draymond Green, who who sees himself as Dennis Rodman, like that's that's kind of like what he thinks he is on this Warriors dynasty, is like I'm the Dennis Rodman of this dynasty. Um, Dennis Rodman averaged like 16 rebounds a game for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman was was an undersized big man that would just go in there and and do all the dirty work and grab all the boards and play the defense and like that's what Draymond thinks he is. That is not Draymond. Draymond got absolutely punked from start to finish, um, which is fine in and of itself. But you can't talk all that shit. You can't invite all that that the ruckus into your to your uh, front porch like he's been doing all series, all playoffs, and then in a moment like this, just completely shit the bed and foul out. And what did, he had four rebounds, four rebounds. He, he has had, like the, the one, the one. I think it was in the first half when Robert Williams had like a little bunny uh, from the baseline, like six feet out, and hits front rim. He just grabbed the rebound Draymond over top of Draymond. Yeah. yeah, and then he just grabs the rebound on top of Draymond and, and puts it back in. Like that's. Yeah, that, that that's indicative of like 
you know, like there might be a game in the series that Draymond actually hits open shots and, and finishes with like 12 points and nine assists. And then like, you know, he does a podcast and he's like, Oh, you that said I was washed up, suck my dick. Yeah. I'm back baby. Um, but that, that right there is, is a play that is indicative of what Draymond Green is in this series is like, if, if you are going to be the guy that swings the series, the guy that can talk all the shit, the guy that can, you know, the, when, when Robert Williams puts that up, you throw his, your ass into him and you grab the rebound and we go the other way, you know? And he, he's, he's lazy on, on defense in a lot of ways. He just like has like a couple moments where he closes out on Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or like blocks a big shot. Um, he's, I, he's a complete liability on offense. That was my frustration watching tonight. So I've talked a lot. I'll let you talk. I'm sorry. But like, that was my, that was my takeaway watching the Warriors tonight is like Steph was superhuman. Uh, Clay Thompson actually showed up. Was great. Um, yeah. He was great. And, and you're, you're thinking, I'm just sitting there watching it. I'm like, dude, if Draymond was like even half as good as he thinks he is, the Warriors win this by 12. Yeah, I think it's I pretty know. simple, right? 15 points, 15 fouls in the series. That's Draymond right now. He has as many fouls as points. And if you're watching this game, that checks out. You know what I mean? In every single game, he is definitely, you said he's over the hill. And I think I would agree with the sense that like Draymond is not 2017 Draymond where he can play the five because he has the leaping ability and the athleticism to mask some of the height, you know, cause he's really like six, 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 five. He's not six, seven, six, eight. Right. So he really makes up a lot of space with his wingspan. As he likes to talk to us about, he is a very smart player. He's very connected yeah. to Curry, but he was not connected at all tonight. There was one, uh, you know, roll to the basket where Curry, you know, finally to keep the defense honest, you know, throws the bounce pass to him and he's like just out of rhythm and the ball just kind of hits off his knee and goes out of bounds. Then he's like looking at Steph and Steph wasn't even paying attention to him because he's like, wow, you're not even here tonight. You know what I mean? And that is what is worrisome. And the most worrisome thing to me and the reason why I said after game two that I, I felt like Boston was definitively the team that I think is going to win is because Draymond went to antics in game two, yes. which is like, you know how a hurt animal is the most dangerous <laughs> animal. Like he, he was a hurt animal and he was just a striking and attacking and doing everything he could to throw the Celtics off, you know, and luckily for him, it worked at some level. And, you know, Curry went off in the third quarter has 14 points. They end up blowing it out and winning that game. But that's not going to work to win four games in the series. It may have worked for one game. And I think the real test of Steve Kerr and this dynasty and the selflessness right, of the Warriors that we've always talked about, and it comes with Steph Curry, is if they have to bench Draymond in the fourth quarter and put Looney out there because they're going to have to have an actual center. And what does that do with Draymond coming out? And if you take Draymond out, who is coming in? Is it Otto Porter? Is it yeah. Jonathan Kaminga? Is it Moses Moody? Because you have to have the the fact that the Celtics look so more. So I want Iguodala. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like they have to, the fact that like they're looking for athleticism and Iguodala is one of the answers says a lot about the the disparity right now in this series. And I'm a little shocked that the Warriors didn't address it in the offseason with signing a JaVale McGee or someone like that that would kind of cover this blind spot. But now they have to deal with it, and they, they put their money, so to speak, in Draymond Green's back pocket. And yeah. right now, as you're saying, I mean, this was a terrible game. I mean, the most memorable thing he did in this game was yell at the official about Steph Curry getting jumped on by Al Horford, which, I mean, he did have – Kind of a point in that sense, but at the same time, Al Horford just put six in his face 
And it's yeah. like, get to the bitch, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, Al Horford's a cheating son of a bitch. We've, we've covered extensively on the show. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I also, I will point out that Al Horford is one of the few players left in basketball that knows how to, like, beat a zone, you know? As soon as he sees yeah. a zone, he flashes to the middle. To the, to the and, and everyone's yeah. shocked that it works, you know? And it's like, th- didn't you learn this in, like, sixth grade? It's glue guy behavior. He just, he knows, <laughs> flash to the high post. Um, no, man, that, that's, uh, that, I, I, I don't think I'm, I, I, I would, I'd assume most people watching game three saw what, uh, what I saw here, but it's, it was, it, it's just frustrating. Cause that, that's like Draymond's whole deal is like, you can, you can, you can tolerate or you can enjoy, you can, what, what Draymond's persona is, um, tolerates probably the wrong word, but like he, he, it, what makes it work, what makes Draymond Green doing a podcast work and going on TNT work and being so vocal and going in press conferences and, and, and straight up talking about the, the eighties players and how they're pussies and he would fight them <laughs> all or whatever it is he's saying. Um, like all of that stuff is charming. If <laughs> no, if you then are backing it up by like you yeah, are yeah, an undersized yeah. big man and you're going uh-huh. up against Robert Williams and Grant Williams. And he, he, tonight he has 16 rebounds and, you know, like has great defensive plays on Tatum and, mm-hmm. and, and Jalen Brown toward down, down the stretch. And, you know, also like hit a big shot at one point, he was left him wide open. He hits a big three and then he starts talking all the crowd. Like that, that's like vintage Draymond Green experience. Um, and when you don't have him backing it up on the court, and in fact, you have the exact opposite where he's kind of a liability on both ends. Cause he's not, he's, he's giving you nothing on offense. He's giving right you absolutely no, next to like, he's, he's not even like the game two, he was setting the illegal screens and, and getting guys open <laughs> and stuff. And I guess you can do that from time to time, but like at the, for the most part, he's, but you he's can't do that in that. Boston as we saw yeah. tonight. I mean, they right, will call right. it. Yeah. Um, and then defensively, like I said, like, I think he's at the point in his career where he's just making hero defensive plays where it's like. I, I, it's like fake hustle type defensive plays. The, yeah, the, he had like, the one block on Jalen Brown when they were down by twelve, yeah, and he's like talking yeah. to Jalen Brown, and it's like Jalen Brown has dunked on you three so you times could put prior. Together, so like yeah. Draymond's agency could put together like a highlight package from this game of <laughs> defensive plays and be like, see, he's still giving plenty of effort on defense. And then you're like, watch the Robert Williams shot where he gets his own rebound. You're like, that's that's inexcusable. Like every every coach you and I have both had in our entire lives would pull your ass immediately and yeah. then, like bench you the rest, you know, like the, the, it's plays like that, that like drive you crazy. Cause you're like, how can you, how can you purport yourself to be like the hustle, dirty work, you know, grinder of the team and then let that happen to you. That makes no sense. Yeah. Um, you can't so, be, you can't be the grit in the grind <clears throat> and also be in your mind, like the superstar forward face. You know what I mean? It seems yeah. a bit of an identity crisis a little bit, you know, like, Oh Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Draymond is that guy naturally, you know. I I mean, he just that's just who he is. You saw it in the national championship game in 2009 when they're getting beat by 20 points, and the guy comes in and has a spark, and is like, "You're like, wow, this guy's like a, <laughs> he's a bulldog, man. He like this this is the scariest guy on the team." That is the Draymond that you hope to see, but it seems like all of the antics and the gamesmanship have taken away from the fact that like. This guy's got to get down to fundamentals and not let, not bite on pump fakes, not let guys throw lobs yeah. over the top on you. I mean, not try to obviously antagonize Jalen Brown instead of playing straight up defense. I mean, that's some of the most frustrating parts about it when you're watching him right now is because it's not even 
him. It's not even the way that I've seen Draymond play before. He's not him. I agree. He is not him right now. <laughs> and uh, and and that goes back to Steve Kerr when I was talking about the selflessness because you said it. Any coach is going to pull you and put you on the bench, but Draymond yeah. is kind of the vocal leader. It seems or has always yeah. seen within their huddle. So like, can Kerr really pull him, put him on the bench, put in Otto Porter? I think Otto Porter is really the key. I in think Otto Porter is the guy if you're going to pull Draymond yeah. and and yeah. And can I mean, he do that? And will Draymond be okay? with that and like talk from the bench you know what i mean because I, I i don't know if that because he's trying to he's got to save face at some level too because he's i mean he's calling out cedric maxwell cedric maxwell cornbread <laughs> is a finals mvp We're like what are you doing what are you like what he's is lost this? the plot dude that's what i'm saying yeah. like if, if the warriors are up three nothing now and draymond was doing that like i guess it, it's still not ideal and if i was a warriors fan i'd be like i would prefer my guy like be locked in on, do yeah. i would prefer you're locked in on like closing out this series instead of doing that but also at the same time i don't know that's draymond being draymond and we roll with it and that's just you know yeah. whatever you know whatever it takes for him to motivate himself and and all that stuff but it it, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, how we talk about john calipari by the way that, that uh, <laughs> like cal has all of his antics or he loves his. Uh, he Cal has definitely lost the plot as well. You know I what I mean? Like it's a similar yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing where sure. like Cal, like Kentucky fans have gotten to the point where like Cal, I'm begging you, please shut the fuck up and win some basketball games. Like we don't care about like your. If I hear three billion dollars yes, one more time, I don't care, coach. Go win. Don't lose to St. Peter's, please, for the love of God. Um, and that's where we're at with Draymond. Uh, at least that's where I'm. Uh, that's where I'm at. Like I don't. It, yeah. the, the I don't. Uh, I actually don't in theory have a problem with him doing podcasts and talking all that junk and all that stuff. It's just like, it, it, it it's such a horrendous look because as you said, his, his whole game is antics. That's, that's all he is now. And, and yeah. And the haters, the Draymond haters, um, which I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't say I am a not a Draymond no. hater. I, as I you like just heard guy. me pontificate about him in 2009. I, yeah. I have seen early on that this guy can play. They, they, they might say, you know, he's been this guy the whole time. He's just been propped up by, I, you know, uh, an all time, dynasty of a team and, and and the greatest shooters of all time alongside of him that have uh put put uh they've done a good job of masking his uh flaws and if if this man was playing for say my beloved indiana pacers or your beloved charlotte mm. hornets no one would give two squirts of piss about him um and maybe they're onto something there <laughs> you know maybe you're right but be that as it may at least as he was propped up in years past he was capitalizing on the propping that was happening. Yeah, now he's propped sure. up into nothingness and it's just like, I've, I, I just went off the ride and it's like, you know, figure it out. Draymond figure it out. Yeah. Get your, get your ass off the court. You're right. Steve Kerr, do something about this. And, and the novelty you did this, of Steve it. Kerr. Yeah. You did this, Steve Kerr, the novelty of it too, like of playing a five man who can switch onto your point guard. When, when the warriors did that with the death lineup, right? Everyone, I mean, even though it had been done before, everyone was like blown away but the Celtics do the exact same thing now. They switch everything. That That is literally yeah. how they guard. They switch everything for the most part. I mean, Marcus Smart's fighting over some screens tonight, which I appreciate. But for the most part, they're switching everything. And that was the novelty and the, the number one skill that you would point to with Draymond, why he was so unique, right? It's like, he can guard your point guard. He can guard your center, you know? <laughs> but now it feels like everybody can do that. Right. Kevon Looney's guarding Jason Tatum on the perimeter and, like, swatting at the ball and stuff. So, um We've just come a long way too, so that it, that kind of feels why I think Draymond is just not the same. As I, it once was. I, I 
in my heart of hearts, I don't think this series is over, obviously, because that's, you know, the, the Warriors still have the best player by far in this series. Um, and, and that's not even close to me, by the way. The, 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 I mean, Steph like Curry, Steph Curry is Steph, by far the best player far, in the series. By far. Yes. Not even. I mean, not just even, look at the defense and the matchups and what they're throwing at this guy and how they're even attacking him on offense. That that shows you who the best player in the yeah. series is. At times, the Warriors are doubling Jalen Brown instead of Jason Tatum, right? So that lets you know that the Warriors are saying, hey, they have two guys that we have to worry switch, about. Right? Switch Tatum and Steph, and, and we do a trade uh, before the series starts, and Steph's on the Celtics. It's a, the, the Celtics sweep the Warriors, and they sweep them. Yes. They win every game it's, by 20 It's points. honestly, I think, it's yeah, like a, I think it's, it's like a a, probably a bloodbath, yeah. It's an absolute bloodbath. Um, I don't think the series is over because um, you, you can't count out Steph and the Warriors. You know, the, it's it's still ultimately if the Warriors win, um, you know, game four, then it's tied and they have home court advantage. Even if they don't win game four, you could, if you really want to drink the Kool-Aid, you could talk yourself and they win game five, still wanting to take, take the Cavs playbook that they used against you to come back from 3-1. Just win game five, except the Cavs did it not at home. So you got two games at home. You know what I mean? Like if, yeah, if, yeah, if you're yeah. down three, one, you still got two games at home. All I got to do is win one in Boston. Still it hasn't changed anything. You could talk yourself into that. Whatever. I, I, the Celtics are going, probably going to win obviously. Um, because at the end of the day, Tate, why t- tonight and, and even game two, game one, certainly uh, just the, the way the Celtics, if, if you just clip up the made baskets from each team, the, 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 the Celtics, scoring plays are so much easier than the Warriors scoring plays. If that makes And sense. they have so many more missed opportunities. I feel like that yeah. they could have scored, you know what I mean? They're actually leaving. They should have been up by 20 points at halftime yeah. tonight. Yeah. You know, yes. and, and and you're right. Every Warriors basket is like an amazing, an amazing Steph Curry shot, shot. or, or, yeah, or an amazing, hitting the like yeah. fading it, like the seven point. Andrew Wiggins gives a like, double yeah. pump pass. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It, it's just like it, it feels like such a struggle, and and the Warriors do a great job of making it look easy at times, but it's not easy. Like it's unbelievable. Those shots shot that Steph are hitting are obviously not easy, and even Clay got going there for a while, and he was not hitting easy shots. And those guys are great, and they've done it a million times. But at the same time, like some part of you would like for them to just have open shots, and the only guy on the team that yeah. seems to be getting open shots is Draymond, and he's not taking them because. <laughs> Him drop kicking the ball into the stands would be a better outcome than him starting a fast break. It by feels more likely sp- that he catches the ball and throws it at the ref yeah, than he yeah. than he would throw it at the basket. Um, yeah. So if if you're just going off of that, the Warriors are in a in a tough spot. Uh, the the Celtics are obviously far more athletic. Uh, they're younger. Yeah. They're they're stronger. Um, I, I can I throw a wild card at you that I haven't that? heard anyone talk about, and I have confirmed that he can play. Why would you not try to throw James Wiseman out there if you're the Warriors? I because let me, let me just say if I'm the Celtics, that is the only player pretty much over there that throws me for a loop. Like I where where I am worried that they have actually size and James Wiseman. I mean, we can post this man. You know how like the Bucks did with Brooks Lope, Brooke Lopez at times where they were just like, we need a bucket and Giannis is like literally gasping for breath. So we're going to post Brooke and just try to get him an easy basket. It's nice to have that in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. I mean, as much as we people much malign about, you know, post offense and things like that. If the Warriors had that to get easy bu- buckets like you're talking about and to also kind of thwart Al Horford and thwart Robert Williams and make them really have to play defense and worry about it against an actual big, 
I think that changes the whole context of everything. And if Steve Kerr did that, I think that's the only player he could put in that Draymond really couldn't say anything about, it's, right? You put in Otto yeah. Porter, I, I feel like I, I could kind of yeah. understand Draymond's point, but you put in James Wiseman, this would be like if the Chicago Bulls stayed together for 1999, right? And and somehow in this reality, Elton Brand is on the team and he's just sitting on the bench, right? And you could just put Elton Brand in with these guys, right? It's a cheat code. I mean, he, you shouldn't have this guy sitting over on the bench I know he hasn't played. I know it's going to be say, a finals. I was going to say, I mean, I, I'm with you. I've, I've, I've James Michael McAdoo to... started in the NBA Finals. Okay. 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 But I'm just saying, like that, just <laughs> and because of matchups, right? No, it was, it was, that, and that's that's what I mean. It's not crazy if they just listed him as starting at at the five going into Game Four. That throws. Udoka and that whole staff. I mean, they're they're all over the place. It's, they're like James Wiseman is starting. So you're saying it's a it's a just get it on film type move. Like when a when a, a, a non conference team is playing a college football powerhouse and the powerhouse is up thirty in the fourth quarter and they run a trick play, yeah, to, just to get it on film. So now every single opponent they play for the rest of the year has to now like spend a little time trying to worrying about this trick play that they're never they're playing McNeese State and they're like. Yeah, just run the flu flicker now. <laughs> um, but I, I was working under the assumption. I mean, you're the guy with uh, you're the guy with uh, sources uh, in the NBA. Take you're the big J on the program. I I have been working under the assumption that James Wiseman um, had a uh, I, I I don't know like a ben some Simmons, sort of injury, ben right? Simmons situation or like a Markel Fultz situation where it's like he's half injured, half like kind of doesn't want to come back yet, but maybe he. I don't know, but how do we, how do we, what's the messaging on this? Like, how do we tell people he's fully healthy, but he's not ready to go? How, wh where's that middle ground at? At a certain level, James Wiseman, you just got to put a jersey on, go up to the scorer's table, slap the scorer's table and say, hey, I'm, I'm coming into the game. Yeah. And that in and of itself is a I think you game. save that. I think you save that for game five. I think the Warriors are down 3 1. Game five at home. I like a game that. five at home move where James Wiseman, um, <laughs> I don't, like if it was the Celtics, like if Wiseman was on the Celtics and the roles were reversed, he would like pretend to hurt himself in warmups and then go into the locker room and then come out of the locker room like halfway <laughs> through the first quarter. <laughs> yes, I think Rip that would his, be exactly he would be the script. Off his warmups as he as he comes out of the locker room. The funniest thing about the Celtics crowd tonight was like how many people were trying to be him. You know, yeah, what I mean, dude. for lack of a better term, Paul Pierce, Deuce Tatum, Millie's. Jada kiss. Uh, you know who's, you know who's uh, I wanted to save this for the end um, for, for the shout outs and closeouts. I wanted to say Nelly. It. I wanted to save it for a call out, but uh, we're here now. So I'm going to say it. You know, who was behind the Celtics bench that disgusts me to my core to see him behind the Celtics. Bench? I, I saw him. Evan Turner, Evan Turner. I and saw you know him. why this disgusts me. He had sunglasses core? on, didn't he? Yeah. He had sunglasses on inside. Oh my God. This man, Tate, I understand he has a history of the Celtics. They employed him. They, uh, they love him. A player yeah. and a coach. And, and he's part of the Brad Stevens coaching tree technically, but I am too. And I was first, but you know, <laughs> I was literally the first guy in the Brad Stevens coaching tree. You don't, you know, you don't hear me yeah. talk about that ever. I never bring that up, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, Correct me if I'm wrong. Does this man not do a podcast with Andre Iguodala, <laughs> who's on the Golden State Warriors? Yes, he does. So let me ask so you he's, this: He's actively yes. Please ask. He's sitting behind the Celtics bench in the finals. You and I do a podcast together. Yeah. Your team was playing for a championship. Uh huh. Was I sitting? 
remind remind our <laughs> listeners at home was i sitting behind the kansas bench on the night of the national championship or no, was i sitting behind no. the north carolina bench with your friends and family cheering on the tar heels you were you were so what I'm saying is Evan Turner is a bad teammate and that proves it. And I've been saying it for years. No, everyone's like thought that I was like, a, everyone's like, give me concrete evidence. And yes. you're like, I don't have the tapes yes, right now. Exactly. I cannot I release like, the I tapes. Promise. I was like, I wrote a book and they're like, well, we got to hear both sides. And I was like, why won't you believe me? And it's like, Titus, you just sound like a salty little bitch. And I'm like, I know, but I'm a salty bitch because I know I'm right. And then you watch tonight and this man is sitting behind yeah. the Celtics bench as his podcast. That partner. is a great point. I, I did not even think about the unbelievable. And unbelievable. it goes back to like the loser conversation earlier. You know what I mean? Like it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're we all just have, losers. We're, we, should have, we should have JJ and Evan on the pod at the same time. <laughs> wow. I honestly think that JJ will never come on this podcast because Good. I don't want him to. He has to see that I like every tweet that that is like, you know, people being like, Damn, JJ, I don't think you won that one, you know, on the first day. <laughs> it's only one like, and it's me. Here's a, uh, here, here's a, uh, never mind. I was, I was, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not make that joke. Um, we're, we're gonna move it on. I, I promised on. myself I would not talk about JJ because I've, I've yeah, you're right. myself into a frenzy watching this man like <laughs> fall to his knees in tears. You know, what we need when anyone has the audacity to say, uh, a current NBA player is not 100% perfect. And JJ's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> he gives back to the community. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a great two-way player. <laughs> Have you ever seen a snatchback like that? <laughs> the double team of him and CJ on uh, Stephen A. When it's Stephen pretty, A. When he, it's when pretty he, when Stephen A was like, I don't know, it seems weird that Russell Westbrook's at the introductory press conference with Darvin Ham. <laughs> And then attacked Stephen A. I was like, "Well, he was—he's not wrong because like, like Russell Westbrook, of course, Russell Westbrook was standing there like Debo. You know what I mean? Like, dude, was, of course he shouldn't be there. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Westbrook's like in the back of the room, like, like every everything. Oh, I, I didn't watch a single Lakers game this year. Everything I know about why the Lakers <laughs> season went wrong falls on Russell Westbrook's fault because that's the 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 propaganda that's come out of yeah. Um, he was the fall the guy. Lakers camp. He was the fall yeah. guy. Also, like." I don't. I, I promised myself I wouldn't talk about JJ, but here we are. Um, JJ, come on the podcast. We'll we'll hash. Come on the podcast. We'll we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll meet in the middle. Um. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, Evan Turner, bad teammate. That's uh, you're talking <laughs> about the Celtics crowd and all the uh, yeah. hateable people that were there. Um. And Evan. Turner. I, I saw Evan. I just didn't list him with like he wasn't. Evan was not trying to be. I, in his defense, he was not trying to be him. The right? man wearing Every- sunglasses inside was not trying to be him. <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> Paul Pierce, dude, get that guy out of my face. Oh, like, man. Like, Paul Pierce He's is something else. <sighs> Paul Pierce was in my fantasy football league this year. I was in a is fantasy he... football league with this man, and, uh, you know, he is. Who's... He literally goes on Instagram Live just to get love you know what i mean he's like <laughs> no, i need yeah, he's just... like i need he's like i need love <laughs> I, I go the... on instagram live that, love, that's yeah, his life all sorts of love okay all sorts of love that's what he goes for this man is I, I my problem with paul pierce is that he's you're right in that he's 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 <laughs> one of those guys that's there to be him and he's not there because paul the way paul pierce will tell it is that he is a uh, a Celtics legend who is here to support the Celtics as they are in the NBA Finals, and it's so cool to see his franchise. Um, meanwhile, he's got a jacket on with like the twelve franchises he played for. <laughs> yeah, it's like his personalized jacket with literally. Um, I, I think the Warriors are on the jacket. <laughs> 
it's uh it, it, it's it's the paul pierce uh it, it, paul pierce is there to his 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 persona his, his the, the the story he's trying to put forth is that he's there to support the celtics <laughs> When really it, he's there to remind people about the he time that I won the yes. title in 2008. Yes. You guys remember that, right? Yes. Like it's, you remember when I was him? Yes. You remember when yeah. I was Jason Tatum? Yes. And the reason I know that, again, you're like, okay, so where's your evidence on this one, Titus? <laughs> it's the jacket that he's wearing, his 75th anniversary. You know, like he, he had the Celtics hoodie on. Just leave the hoodie on and cheer for the Celtics. Yeah. If you're if you're there to support the Celtics, support the Celtics. He's not. He's there to like kind of do the – the uh the middle ground of like yeah these these youngins are good but don't forget about me now don't forget mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. don't forget about that one we won in 08 <laughs> and, and, and cornbread maxwell is also there he does not have on any sort of jacket or apparel that says i won finals mvp he is literally just in a you know, suit he, and he literally said draymond green is right behind me and i bet he won't come say something to me <laughs> which is the most like if anyone wanted to understand who was a tougher generation in the eighties or nineties or first today, it was Cedric Maxwell, literally, who's from Kinston, North Carolina. Shout out Kinston. I mean, he was like, I'm sitting right here, he's right over my shoulder, and if he wants to come say something, he can come JJ say something. Reddick really had the audacity <laughs> to go on national television and argue that today's players don't whine as much as <laughs> Yeah, the eighties and the nineties. That that's that's and what all I the think fourteen that you year have. olds on Twitter yeah. and Reddit give this man his flowers. Common W. <laughs> He is, he is JJ Reddit. That's who he is. Like his his takes are all like what he he's like an algorithm. He, he logs onto Reddit for the uh-huh. day. He sees like what the the top he, he takes like the top comments, the 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 top posts, and he's like, what can I say? How do I ether Steven? What if he's stand? the algorithm? We've been Dude, looking he's for the algorithm, algorithm the whole time. Yeah, yeah, the whole time. He did and say I like JJ. Cr- I do. <laughs> I do like JJ. He said that he crunches all the numbers uh, and knows about all the pace. He said, I know the different paces from the 80s and the 70s and the 60s. And I was like, is this man an algorithm? Yeah, dude. You um, also used to write poetry when you were at Duke. Like, no one cares. You're a fake intellectual. We get it. Like, also, dude. yeah. Yeah. And at the same <laughs> time, hell, like, dude? Cornbread Maxwell is literally just a gym. You know what I mean? Like, in, like, in the word, like, in the world of sports, right? This guy is unbelievable, and he does not like he's telling the truth, and he's not afraid. I, I love. I want, I I want like guys from the eighties and nineties to go on those shows and like have CJ and, and JJ spitting out these stats and points per possessions and and explaining why guys need days off and they can't do backs and back. And then like you just have like Bill Lambeer types and and cornbread types that are just crossing Rick their Moore. arms and they're like, yeah. "That's great, you're still a bitch," and that's all they say. <laughs> like they don't actually like. They just stonewall him. They're just like cool, Larry man. Bird would say that. Yeah, Bird you know? would say Kevin McHale like, oh, yeah. would say that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, like if you got Tracy Mc- Rasheed Wallace, right? Rasheed Wallace would say that. Yeah, you know, that'd be so that, good. That, that's what's so funny is like a lot. Some of these guys, like Richard Jefferson, was talking to me. He's like, I played against John Stockton. I played against you know so uh, these guys that you know were quote unquote of this era. And he was like, and that's who taught me how to play the game. So I don't talk bad about them. I'm like, yeah. That's thank you. Thank you, you, Richard. Thank you. Um, where were we? Yeah, Paul Pierce fraud. Uh, I think Evan Turner fraud. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Boston Celtics, the media machine, they are thriving right now. Um, so oh, we got Tyler who's on duty tonight as our producer. He said Draymond just said at his post game presser, I was soft. See, but, but that goes but back I, to what no, we're no, talking no. about. Like that—that's wrong. That that's means wrong. that he thinks he needs to turn it up, and yeah. that's not the answer. The yeah. answer is not to turn it up. The, you, the answer you is to start soft. James Wise. You suck. There's a <laughs> yeah. 
And also that doesn't absolve you. Like, like you saying yourself doesn't mean that like, we can't, you know what I mean? Cause like, I think there's some part of that. Like Draymond thinks that he keeps it real, calls himself soft. <laughs> that means that you have to respect him now because at least like when I play bad, I'll call it, I'll, I'll call myself. Yeah, soft. I call, so now when I call, I call like other I guys it. soft, you yeah. have to believe me. Cause I'll call. And it's like, no dude, it doesn't work that way. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Roback. Roback's new performance hoodies are a total game changer. Maybe the softest, stretchiest hoodies in the game. From college athletics to professionals, people can't take them off. The best part about wearing a Roback hoodie is when you see someone else wearing one, you just give them that subtle nod because you know they get it. I know whenever I see Titus wearing Roback, I just give him that subtle nod. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like what I'm seeing there. Roback's performance polos are the only polos we wear on this show. You can't find a better looking, better feeling performance polo even if you're not a polo guy these polos are too good not to throw on for a night out it's even better than a baseball jersey their prints somehow keep getting better and better you're not going to want to miss these prints for the summer roback has been gaining traction big time we always buy that two striped ridge on the back in the wild and we always get excited and yeah give that little head nod so use the code titus on roback.com for a generous 20 percent off your first purchase through the end of this week that's spelled r-h-o-b-a-c-k.com that's 20 percent off all polos quarter zips and hoodies with code titus make sure to jump on newly dropped performance polos just in time for summer back to Tyson Tate. How about the, uh, we haven't even talked about the, uh, the Celtics, uh, the, the shenanigans with the rim, the, uh, uh, yeah, that was ridiculous. 11 foot rim. Yeah. And that how, was for, that I, was for warmups, right? I, I think they, they measured it and it was two inches taller. It was, it was literally two inches taller. I wish, I wish Jim was uh, here. J- Jim is, uh, J- Jim's <laughs> taking the show off, but I would love to have Jim on, on this show to explain to us, uh, how, how significant two inches is, how, uh, that's actually a lot <laughs> yeah. more than a lot of people think. It can do more than you think. Yeah, you know it can do I mean? a lot more than you think. But uh, that 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 is a great subplot to this because that that will not go away. Like every time Boston wins a title, there's always some chicanery involved. And, yeah, and the Boston fans swear it means nothing, <laughs> and the people that are Boston haters swear it means everything. And this is a great. It's somewhere the, in the middle, though, right? Like the, it, it yes, definitely is. is. Perfect, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. Like if 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 you were going into the series and you told me that there's going to be a controversy where like some people believe that Boston cheated, <clears throat> what what is like the perfect controversy? Having the rim be too high during warmups is is almost as good as it could possibly be like i like yeah. deflate gate was the best like it doesn't get any better than that because you have you have mark brunell yeah ball boys mark brunell's yeah. crying on television remember when that happened and he was yeah. like squeezing a football and he's like crying it's like this is the biggest deal ever yeah that other guys are like i did this means nothing to me and, mm-hmm. and that, that was that was perfect <laughs> This is this is like a deflate gate of basketball. Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, he did. I did. It's like, it's, dude. It, it reminds me of the uh, the Sean Miller Mark Schleybach stuff. Where it's like, you're both idiots. You're all idiots. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're all ridiculous. yeah. We're laughing at all of you. <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing yeah. here? And that's what this is because it's like it's definitely not nothing. It's also not why the Celtics won tonight, but it's also like why would you do this? How does this happen? Yeah. Why does this continue yeah. to happen in the city? It's hilarious. It's the perfect. And it's usually, and, I, and like I'm never gonna say that it's the players. I mean, maybe Tom Brady was cheating or Bill Belichick, but I, I really don't think that you know it's usually players or coaches that are involved in this chicanery. You know what I mean? It is like the guys that work for these teams, right? Like the ball boys, Murph. And things like it's that. It's like a guy named Murph who's been there. Yeah, for who like years. loves the Celtics yeah. and yeah. actually met Red when he was a kid. And if you yeah. don't believe him, he'll show you the picture. But the the picture he can't find at home. You know what I mean? But he loves. <laughs> 
loves the Where's Boston that mom? Celtics. Where's that picture? <laughs> Bob, the picture of Red. Of me, Red. Uh... That is who is doing these things, and that is why it can't be trusted because, like, at every step of the way, there is some sort of bias that is going into it. Right. You know, like when it's a home court in Boston, right? Every single person from the clock person to, of you know, every, to- sing- every single person there has, you know, a proclivity or like an inkling to do something. A little bit, Put you your know, thumb on cheeky. The scale. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's cheating. I'd say yeah. it's just a little cheeky. Yeah, <laughs> and we all expect it. We all understand it. Dude, and the, uh, the original Boston inches. Garden had more dead spots than 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 every arena in this country combined, except for probably Hinkle Fieldhouse. Hinkle Fieldhouse has that too, by the way. Hinkle, Hinkle Fieldhouse. I was like, I get it now. I was like, there's no way to win here unless you know. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> pretty that, genius. That's, I, I I have confirmed. I talked to uh the I talked to Greg now that he's on Butler's coaching staff. He said the very first thing they do when they get guy new guys that come into Butler. The first thing they do is they walk them through the, the the parquet floor there at Hinkle, and they point out all the dead spots to them. And they're like, please study all these. And when you're playing defense, funnel your guys here, watch the ball die, and then we'll pick it up and we'll go the other way. That's how it works. <laughs> Which is feels very much like what Red Auerbach would do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like with the Boston Celtics back in the day. Hinkle also has visit. the windows. Um, Where the sun is the like sun glaring in. in. It's yeah, in it's, your eyes. Yeah, dude, it's you're like in the outfield. You're like literally, yeah, this is. And then if you're the, if you're, genius. if you're like an opposing team and you bitch about the sun <laughs> and Hinkle, like, can you imagine being the guy that's like this, this Hinkle field house is actually bad and here's why like if you yeah, have that yeah, point of view oh dude you're getting <laughs> you're getting crushed you can't say that yeah, yeah. um you're getting exiled anyway the 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 bo- I, I i love that this happened because you because you're right it's not to sell it the the, the the word's not coming this doesn't go all the way to the top this is this is one of those scandals that goes all the way to the bottom this is like the, yes. the lowest this is the bottom this is this is the bottom feeders <laughs> this is the bottom feeders of uh this is the town, right? This is these are the type of character. Ben Affleck, maybe the real Ben Affleck, who's also a dirtbag, is probably behind something like this. They got we'll fake cop uniforms they throw on, and they, they got this. It's a if high you told me Mark set. Wahlberg was a part of the two inch uh, lift of the of the goal, I would not be shocked. It's a heist movie set in Boston, but they're breaking into the garden to raise the the basket mm-hmm. by two inches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad Stevens has to win a title this year, okay? <laughs> whatever it takes whoa brad St- i didn't even i swear to god i didn't even make the connection about butler and uh and make comment mm. commenting on well it's interesting maybe it is brad stevens maybe maybe the chicanery is just brad stevens maybe he's the one pulling all these strings i mean maybe that's why he likes the Celtics so much you know what i mean he sees some of these connections right. between the dead spots parquet floors and, dude, then and also dude yeah. the other connection between hinkle and and uh, Boston is Norman Dale, dude. The, when Norman Dale mm. takes Hickory High to Hinkle Fieldhouse, what does he do? He measures the rims because he knows. Yeah. yeah. That's why, like, anytime anybody talks about – like, I, it, it disgusts me, dude. Like, all these these uh, these media types, when they talk about Hoosiers and they talk about how it's overrated and, and all that shit, and, like, Norman Dale wasn't actually a good coach, please, please. That's, yeah, the that's worst, like, next-level yeah. thinking that Norman Dale knew the chicanery of Hinkle Fieldhouse. He walks in there and he's like, let's measure these because I, I don't – I'm not buying this for a second. <laughs> it's a great movie. Spike Lee was the leader, I feel like, in trying to tear down Hoosiers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he 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 started the smear campaign uh because he wanted people to see he got game. And right. let's just be honest, he got game is a great movie. He got game, but great so movie. is Hoosiers is is a great movie, a timeless movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I digress. It's tough right now, right? In the NBA finals. I've talked to so many people that have that are in the NBA and stuff, and they're like, I'm not I'm just like bored, you know. 
like they're, yeah i'm they're trying not to down. man because i feel like the last few shows we've done i've i've, I've <laughs> yeah i don't want to be that guy <laughs> every time we get done uh doing a show i walk into my bathroom and i look in the mirror and it looks like i've aged 15 years I'm like, what, <laughs> what, just <happened> to me? <laughs> what is i'm just like looking at my hands and they're wrinkling <laughs> but no <laughs> and then i watch clips of jj reddick and i'm just like this guy is, uh, I'm citing, uh, you know, like I'm like, he's that, you know, so people are tweeting, give this man his flowers. He made another great point. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll watch it. I'm like, another great point. I'm like, he's wrong. And, and then I, <laughs> you know, I get more wrinkles in my face. And I'm, uh, so I'm trying my best to, to enjoy what we're watching. I, I, I enjoyed the game tonight. Tonight was a good game. I thought Steph helps, man. Steph going nuclear is, is, is so fun. Um, you know, it's we, we've talked about it ad nauseum, so I don't really have any much. No, I mean, the good news it. is that I feel like Steph Curry had, and he never really had to do this in my book, but he kind of has silenced the haters in some level because you can't really deny, like you said, he's obviously the best player in the series, and he's obviously taking the brunt, as he always does, the brunt of the focus of the yeah. Boston Celtics and the, the physicality and everything. So uh, he, he literally is our hope. He is our Obi-Wan. He like, needs more please. help. He needs more help. You know what's I, I sent you the I sent you uh the trade earlier, but I, I mean I, I have a ear to the pulse when it comes to LeBron James and, and rumblings and movings and things like that. I'm not Brian Windhorse or any of these guys, but like I I know when he says on shows what he means. Clay Thompson, James Wiseman for LeBron James and Kent Bazemore. That's one option that I got for you in the offseason for <laughs> Steph Curry to get help. The other one is the the classic Andrew Wiggins once again gives LeBron what he wants. Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman for LeBron James. And that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because LeBron wants to win six, right? He wants to get as many as Jordan. He's got four right now. Steph wins this year. He gets four, but if Steph loses this year, it's Kate, it's 2016 all over well, again. And 2016, Steph and, and all these guys are like, Draymond's like, I need help. He goes down to LA. He's a part of LeBron's, you know, mm -hmm. Rich Paul group anyway. And LeBron, and Draymond's like, we got to get LeBron. LeBron can pay, can play the five against the Boston Celtics. He can he can he's six nine. He can go up against Robert Williams. LeBron goes up there to be the rim protector. LeBron gets to Golden State and says, "Just kidding, I'm actually the leader of this team. <laughs> this is my dynasty." <laughs> That's what the NBA needs. And then, just when you think the Boston Celtics are going to repeat, Giannis beats them next year in the conference finals, and then he beats LeBron, LeBron Steph Curry, Steph. and the Warriors, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh my God!" I love it. Is he the goat? I love it. I got to be in the offseason meetings for the NBA. But if if Steph loses, <laughs> if Steph if if the Celtics win this title, uh, the 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 goats of the hymns, the go are, are, is it goat talk or him talk? Is is LeBron him? I think, he's not a him. I think I think LeBron LeBron's is a, a king. I think LeBron's a king. He's I, a king. I think okay. he wa he wants to be a goat, but I think he's, he's a, a king. king. Yeah. Yes. Which is somewhere in between him and goat. Yes. yes. Okay. He's but if if. If uh, the Celtics win this title, you're no longer chasing MJ. You're chasing Kobe, Tate, because Kobe, mm. people forget this. Kobe would, if, if the Celtics win, this is Kobe's seventh title. He has yes. the five that he won. Mm -hmm. uh, he has the 2020 title and the bubble. bubble title. Yeah, that was all Kobe. He, he, The Lakers were obviously the spirit of Kobe Bryant, took them to the finish line. And uh, Jason Tatum is literally Kobe Bryant. So if the Celtics win this one, that's number seven for Kobe and Kobe beats MJ and Kobe is actually the goat. And I think, I think we have to start having that conversation. I'm right it's there with you. About. It's something to think about. And you know what? Uh, 
going back to you know first take characters, Mad Dog made a list today that I had to bring up on the show that I wanted to throw to you that I wanted you to see this. Mad Dog made his uh, a list his toughest players uh, in NBA history, and and this this list is incredible. And I I just wanted to I wanted you to see it and I wanted you to hear it because it goes back to what you're saying about Kobe and it got me thinking that I think Kobe is going to have a resurgence in the goat conversation. And you're right, I think he deserves credit for 2020. And I think if Jason Tatum wins, he gets credit this year. So I am okay to give Kobe credit for seven. But Mad Dog's top top five tough, toughest NBA players. Number five, he has Gus Johnson. Number four, he has Dave Collins. Number three, he has Mo Lucas, Maurice Lucas. Number two, he has Kobe Bryant. And number one, he has Michael Jordan. And when I saw Kobe Bryant there at number two, Mad Dog had him there. Everyone else is from the 60s, right, or the 70s. The fact that Kobe Bryant was the only one in the 21st century to, to, to cross through to Mad Dog, I was like, wow, I think Kobe can get back in the GOAT conversation, you know? Because, like, in Mad Dog's mind, I think Kobe is right behind MJ, you know? <laughs> That's the good news. So you got a good point. You got a good point. We are we are, we are, are dangerously close. Has... <laughs> We are dangerously close to Bill making the argument that Kobe dying was great for his legacy. Oh yeah, has he yeah, already yeah. done that? Um, I don't know, but uh, I mean, someone has. Someone, someone is, someone, someone is going to be like the, the best thing that's ever happened to Kobe Bryant was perishing in a helicopter crash. Yeah, which is Someone's insane. But it's also like that's the world we live in with all these conversations. And and to go back to the full circle, Draymond of all this, and him having a podcast and saying all this outlandish stuff. I do want to blame the people that started saying outlandish stuff on TV for ratings. You know what I mean? Because they actually are the people that we right. have to blame for this. Um, right. So we need more level-headed. Andy voices. Griffith, uh, I think, is, is we go all the way back and we we blame. I mean, everyone on TV has been doing this for years. So I mean, I think that's what Draymond. Andy Griffith doing. giving Barney Fife a platform was. <laughs> yeah, started this. How he dare started. you? He's like, I thought he was funny, and you're like, no, 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 you were platforming nah. him. Yes. Gave him a you need to de-platform Barney de-platform tonight. Barney and if you bring Opie back up again, don't you play the Opie card? Other stupid people see Barney Fife. He's their hero. Now they're now they're empowered to go be stupid, Andy. <laughs> you're canceled. Damn it, Andy. <laughs> you're right though. We need more level-headed guys like you and I in the media, which is why yeah. I think you have no choice but to give JJ Reddick his flowers for what he has yeah. brought to the uh, to the media landscape. Um, what else is going on? Uh, do do you do, can can you explain the golf? You're you're the golfer of the show. I, I've kind of yeah. given up golf when I moved to LA. I kind of gave up golf because it, it. I don't know. I have I have a lot of reasons, but we don't need to cover those now. But I used to golf all the time. Basically, when I was golfing in the Midwest, I was playing in like cornfields and cow pastures uh, for for like ten bucks, <laughs> and you wear a tank top. And have a cooler beer. Yeah. And then I moved to LA and I've 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 searched far and wide. I cannot find those courses. And like the, the closest thing <laughs> I can find to those courses are like absolutely Pinmar. packed and they take seven yeah. and a half hours to play around. Yeah. And uh and, and so like I'll go play with you or like some other friends that uh that are good at golf and it's like $195 for a round that it's a course that just completely eats my lunch. And by whole three, I'm like, this is bullshit, dude. How much yeah. water can you put on a course? Yeah. You've lost like four yeah. balls and you're like, I don't want to do this. So yeah. I've, uh, I've yeah. given up golf a little bit. I still love golf. I still watch golf. I still theoretically, uh, there's a world in which I, uh, I, I move back to away from LA and I pick up golf again, but you're the golfer on the show. So, um, <laughs> what, 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 what is going on in the golf world? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a culture war, you know, as we're used to on this show. <laughs> I love uh, it. I'm in. Yes. <laughs> all right, that's all I needed. All right. Yeah, that, that's how I get people invested in, in things that are going on in sports. I just start with it's a culture war. Um, so basically, the PGA Tour is a, uh, a monoculture, right, that has existed as a monopoly in the golfing world, dating back to, you know, freaking Byron Jones and Ben Hogan. and Sam you know, the Sneed's a guy. Sam Snead, yeah, you know, Walter Hagen, you know, you, you list them, you love them. Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer. We, we know all the names. Um, but anyways, the PGA tour has existed, but you know, a lot of guys in, you know, post Phil post tiger era, right. That have come up. Roy McElroy's of the world, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, you know, Dustin Johnson, you know, now you got Kepka, DeChambeau, all these guys, they think they're making a lot of money and profits for the tour and bringing in revenue, but also the purses don't necessarily match that yada, yada, yada. So then the, the, the Saudi Arabians who also own, uh, you know, the Newcastle football team and, you know, have PSG, they say, Hey, we're going to create our own golf league, similar to the PGA tour, our own circuit. And you guys come play here. They offered Tiger a billion dollars. Tiger says, no, I, I will not do that. I'm staying on the PGA Tour. Because if you stay on the PGA Tour, obviously you have the majors, you have the Ryder Cup. You know, There's a lot of reasons not to want to leave the PGA Tour. They go to Phil Mickelson. They say, we got $200 million for you to come join this tour. Phil Mickelson's like, well, good news. I'm $50 million in debt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sick. Uh, right on time. Um, <laughs> I would love that. Uh, this is all, you know, this is the this is the uh, Tate version of this. You know what I mean? This is what I've gathered. Um, so Phil Mickelson, uh, it gets leaked that he is going to join this new golf league that's Saudi backed. I mean, this is like, you know, these people do heinous, you know, they're like 156 in the world and, and you know, human treatment of people. Right. You know what I mean? Horrible. We all know this. So Phil Mickelson, that leaks, he gets pre-canceled. Everyone's like, no one else is going to join this tour, right? But then the names come out about a week ago. The first event is this weekend. You got names like Dustin Johnson, who is obviously you know a two-time major winner, number 15 in the world. He is also from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, so you can imagine, like you know, he probably has no idea what he's the Saudi dumb as Arabia a box is. of rocks. That guy. Yeah, and he's yeah. and he, you know, sweet guy. But you know, a lot of these guys. Well, nice he got guy. Offered- I like him. I like the guy. I, like I really guy. do like Dustin Johnson, but he gets offered $125 million. Tiger Woods, to put it in context, Tiger Woods has made $121 million in his entire career on the course. Mm. So Dustin Johnson in one fail swoop has made more so money is this than guaranteed Tiger Woods. Money? Like, what are they? This is, is that... Saudi money. This is like, this is, it's guaranteed. But it's like You don't have to like win the tournaments. No, this is like to come join. Just to come join the, the tour. Yes. And then the purse for the first tournament was like, I think, $25 million, right? <laughs> Jesus, dude. It's just funny money. So these guys, you know, now you got like Ian Poulter, Graham McDowell. I mean, you know, some of these kind of B-level, C-level guys are all there. The PGA Tour has kept the the big names. Bryson DeChambeau joined the Live Tour, which is a big deal. But now the real Patrick Reed, I saw too. Patrick yeah, so Reed, it's, it's right? Like, it's basically the dumb guys. The it's the misfits. Guys, yeah. And the assholes. Uh, yeah. Yes, of yeah. course. And the question now is, will because the majors are run by like the Masters is run by you know the Masters, right? It's not run by the PGA Tour, and then the USGA runs the U.S. Open, and the the Royal and Ancient Company runs the Open Championship, right? So they all have to decide if they'll let the live which, guys play in the majors. The USGA has said they are going to let those guys, which you know now we'll see if the Open Championship will let them play. 
and then it'll be up to the Ryder Cup. But now it's split circuits. Dude. People don't even know how long this will last. I mean, you know, the other tour, but also they have no broadcasting partner. It's just a mess. And it also has like obviously human rights implications because yeah, the guys who are running the, this live league, you know, I mean, nobody knows what they're capable capable of. And Phil Mickelson on the record said he was scared of them. So that that is the other big wrinkle in all this, right? So uh, and Phil Mickelson also said it was a leverage play to get the PGA Tour to raise the purses, which they've started to do. They, they have tried. So have, this is so it's a it's a pay these kids situation. It's, it's, it's yes. the PGA Tour is college basketball, and yes. this is the G League Ignite, mm-hmm. and they're saying we're going to. This is overtime elite. This is overtime elite. I don't even think it's G League Ignite. It's it's overtime elite, and it might be even more ill run than that, right? I mean. It's also 54 holes instead of 72 holes, right? So you can't even do one-to-one scores between, like, you know, a normal PGA. To- like, it's – it it's – but some people say that people are going to like it. It's a better format. So, I don't know. It's insane. But I've I mean, always it, it, been a Tiger guy, and I've always hated Phil. Like, I like you know, when I was a kid, you kind of had to pick one or the other. I know. It was like there were a bunch of Phil kids. or Kind of like, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt. It was, yes. You, you kind of picked one or the other. Or, or Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. You were one or the other. Right. <clears throat> so I always hated Phil. So the fact that Phil represents the live tour, I, I'm okay with. Um, but I do feel bad, uh, you know, for, like, all the PGA Tour players that now have to get asked about it every single time they go to any event, right? That's every single weekend is like Roy McIlroy. What do you think about these guys playing on the live tour? And he's like, yeah. I mean, they're some of them are my friends. I, I, don't, really, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because Dustin Johnson is friends with everybody, you know, for the most part. So it's interesting. It's a culture war. Culture war. That's a great way to yeah. describe it. That's yeah. Uh, that's uh, no. That um, they they should get rid of the Ryder Cup and just make it. Live versus PGA, <laughs> like because I it, it it is interesting that the guys that are joining it are as you said misfits. It's 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 like it, it's nice yeah. that it's just a very clear cut. Like these guys are likable, these guys aren't, and they're gonna. And Dustin Johnson, I guess, is likable in the sense that we don't really. He's just. He's but just like, like at a, the end of the day, this guy has gotten caught with cocaine. He fell down steps at the Augusta. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's done like, bad boy yeah, things. Yeah, he's he's got yeah, bad boy. He's, he's got, got he's bad boy behavior. He's got bad boy. He's a bad boy of golf. <laughs> <laughs> but a sweetheart at the same time, you know. Shooter oh, McGavin man. is on the live tour and happy. Oh, Moore for sure. Is, is PGA trying to? Uh, and Phil was always masqueraded as like a nice guy, you know, but we all knew like there was something else below the surface a little bit with Phil, you know, Phil, Phil. And this is, I'm not saying this has anything to do with anything. This is just a fact. This is just a, not, I wouldn't say it's a fun fact. I'd certainly say it's the opposite of that, but it is a fact. Uh, Phil and Scott Peterson were golf teammates. <laughs> People forget that. Yeah. I'm not saying that this has anything to do, but uh, that's just something I, I just remembered that uh, <laughs> Phil Michael said, were they high school? They, they were, they were in Arizona state together. I think they were high think, school teammates. That's insane. But I, but it also, I mean, like I said, I mean, you want to talk that, about like getting asked about somebody and like, you're like, Hey man, you, <laughs> that's not someone you want to get asked about. It's also one of those talk things to me where about when you were teammates with Scott Peterson, what was that like? And he's like, what the fuck? All I know is if your last name's Peterson, other than Drew Peterson, I gotta stay. Like Michael Peterson for the staircase, you know what I mean? I gotta stay away from the Petersons. Yeah, University of San Diego High School. 
they were uh, they were high school teammates. They were he, Scott Peterson was one of the top junior golfers in San Diego, according to his Wikipedia, alongside Phil Mickelson. That is know. wild. Makes you think. That does make you think. But then again, I was I was teammates with Evan Turner, so let's not like uh, let's not you know the associations can be tricky sometimes. Let's not let's not get too crazy here, Tate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. No, that's like that's like a wild fact that like I don't know. That's one of those things that like I remember learning that, and then I've never unlearned that. And I don't honestly, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. But I I always kind of I mean, <laughs> no, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are shocked that Phil is on the bad side, you know, like and they didn't put it together over the years. And it's because of the 1999 U.S. Open. Right. Because Payne Stewart wins. And it's unbelievable. Right. Great putt at Pinehurst, you know, and he does the the famous pose. And Phil finishes in second. And America feels bad for him. And they're like, he's going to – eventually he'll get over the hump. And then we watched him get over the hump at 04 at the Masters, and we were all pulling for him, you know. So, like, yeah. he kind of – he was Meg Ryan for a minute. But yeah. he actually was more – he Meg was actually Ryan, more too. Mel Gibson than Meg <laughs> Ryan. He's more Mel Gibson. <laughs> And the next thing you know, Meg Ryan's getting a ton of plastic surgery. She's showing up at Indiana basketball games, sitting next to John Mellencamp. And you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Where did you go? Meg, you were America's sweetheart. Meg. What have you? All right, we're going to get in trouble. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, instead of talking oh, about man. something as uh, as problematic as the Saudis financing uh, sports. and and Not good. Uh, World Cup in Qatar. Who do you like? <laughs> I thought you were gonna bring up the Cleveland Browns. I was like, I, I was yeah, like, I can't do that either. Let's uh, on a more lighthearted note. The uh, who do you think starting for a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> who do you like? Um, oh shoutouts, closeouts. What do you got? Let's get the hell out of here. Man, uh, whew, I, I'm I'm like a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thrown right now. I do want to shout out the UNC baseball team um, who go to the Super Regional after a uh, getting down this weekend to VCU. They had to win two straight to beat Georgia, then win two straight against VCU. Um, so they did that on Monday. That was a great game. Uh, enjoyed that. Big Carolina baseball fan right now, Mark Titus. That's the number one. Uh, where they at? Where they at? Where the heels? Where are we at? We're super regionals. We're... Super regional playing Arkansas at, at home, explain, hosting the super regional. Explain the uh, the format again for me. So you win super regionals, you go to the World Series. It, you go I, to I feel Omaha. Like the, uh... No, you go to Omaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't. But you're not like in the championship. You go to Omaha to then play to get into the championship in Omaha. I feel like the bit that Community did when they made fun of Glee, where um, the, the Glee club on Community <laughs> kept talking about going to regionals. And yeah. Then after regionals, it's sectionals. And then it's semi-sectional <laughs> states. And then if we get past semi-sectional states, we go to semi-states. And then after semi-states, it's... That's it's what very, I feel, it's that's very what I feel similar like the baseball that. is. It's like I can't, yeah. I can't make sense of it until it's the World Series itself. And then I'm, I'm confused all the way up until then. The super yeah. regionals, dude. Like, and, and people celebrate like winning a regional, right? Like that's like a you know you hang a banner like, to win a regional. You know, yeah, yeah. But then you gotta go to the super regional the after you win the regional, right? And then if you win your super regional, then you go to Omaha, and then when you go to Omaha, you're basically in the elite eight, and you're playing to then. So the the the, the college World Series is both the the whole enterprise at Omaha, the elite eight, but also at the same time the final series at Omaha 
right? Yes. Am I understanding yes. this correctly? It's yeah. like the you, Stanley you go Cup to Omaha. You go to Omaha for like a playoff, basically, with all these teams, and there's losers brackets. You know how baseball works. You know, so it's like yeah. you're going there, and you're like, I, but, but, I hope we get in the winners bracket. But if you're there, if you make it there, to, if you make it to Omaha, you are playing in the College World Series, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But then there's another there's the actual college. But then there's the actual <laughs> final. There's the final of the College World Series. It's all very confusing. That's the uh, I noticed NHL did that uh not too long ago that the playoffs are now the Stanley Cup playoffs <laughs> and boy that throws me for a loop when I I, I check in and or I, there's like a commercial that pops up it's like Stanley Cup playoffs. The quest for the Stanley Cup, but it's and, like the first round. It's the first round and you're like, <laughs> "Wait, so if they win, they don't get the Stanley. That's not how <laughs> they, this works, they go right? to the second round. <laughs> This isn't the Stanley Cup play. This is the first round. What are we doing here? <laughs> Tyler, is your microphone on? Tyler is the uh, uh, Tyler works at Fox with us. Um, he's a he's a Notre Dame grad. He uh, he's one of the kids I think that uh, had up a sign that said "Fire Mike Bray," and then then Mike Bray was good again. He was like, "Never mind, I take it all back." Um, no, Tyler, Tyler, it's you're all false, but yeah. <laughs> my, my, to answer your question, yeah, my mic's on. <laughs> okay how how old are you again? Twenty six. Okay, so you're per- you're the perfect age for this because I recently acquired an Ohio State baseball jersey, and um, I I just I got it off the Nike shop, whatever. Um, I I I saw it, it it like it was a targeted ad. It popped up. It was Ohio State. It's a red jersey. It's got the script Ohio State in gray writing. Ooh. And I thought to myself, I was like, I that's a, that's a pretty sick jersey. I want to wear that. I wore it one time. And every time I saw myself in a mirror or something, a reflection of a window, I thought, dude, I look like a total frat dude. Like I look like, I look like I'm trying to be, I look like I'm trying to show up at a, a frat house with a case of Bush light and be like, yeah. what's up guys. What are we getting into the Steve Bashimi Bashimi meme. Um, so my question to you is, is that, is that a, like, is that a frat? Is that like a young, is that a guy trying to be younger move? If I did that, like the 26 year old see me, are they like, what a fucking dork this guy is. Well, as a 26-year-old who could pass for a 20-year-old, I definitely could not pull that off because I feel like I'm in a constant battle to prove that I'm 26. So rocking a jersey would do nothing to help that. Yeah, that, that would definitely yeah, take you back. I to mean, and plus I live right by UCLA. Like I, if I wore a jersey out in public, they'd probably think I'm some sophomore. So personally, I wouldn't do that. You look a little bit older, especially with the mustache. When I graduated from college, I did have that that dilemma where I got all these jerseys on like AliExpress, and then they just sort of looked at them all like, what, what the hell am I going to do with these now? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a Duke JJ Reddick Jersey, which is, I guess a bad time to play. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you would have had it on when you turned your camera on. That'd have been great. (laughs) You're like, I've actually been recording and sending all this to Tommy Alter. No, but I I lost (laughs) that. I I never found it again, but yeah, I feel like that's relevant to today's episode. All right. Well, in my mind, it was like a, a way to, you know, advertise that I'm a Buckeye to the to the people around L.A. But it was like a different way to do it. But then I saw I, I you know, I, it was just bad vibes. Yeah. But I was trying to do I want to do a vibe check. So what you're telling me, Tyler, is I should just go throw it in the garbage right now and never wear it again. Well, I feel like comparatively, you look around and see what some people are wearing out in L.A. That's true. <laughs> wearing a baseball jersey That's is true. pretty like normal. That's true. We're Midwestern guys, so I feel like to us it's a little bit different, but to here that's just like par for the course. I yeah, I think like like the idea of wearing a jersey doesn't scare. Like I would wear. You go to Ohio State football game, which by the way, Tyler, we gotta we gotta talk about that. Notre Dame's yeah Labor Day weekend week one. Yeah, Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I mean, sure, Notre Dame's gonna lose by like a thousand, but I'll go. We should we should talk about (laughs) this. We should go. Um, 
but the everyone wears jer- like football jerseys and like like jerseys are uh th- that's that's not uncommon in the midwest to wear a jersey of you know you don't no. necessarily have someone's name on the back but it's just like the you know take you're the same way you just get like north carolina one and you wear the basketball jersey to the game whatever um yeah, it's yeah. not the jersey it was specifically a baseball jersey that like gave me pause where i was like this, this there's something about this it feels like it's like like the only people I ever see wear baseball jerseys are like 23 <laughs> and like yeah. do the, do the fake dip thing where they're snapping <laughs> their fingers, you know, and they're like, they're packing the. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. Ohio state jerseys are pretty cool. Tate, you're probably the luckiest North Carolina's jerseys are so cool that I, th- yeah, I just, I was about to say, I literally went back to Chapel Hill and bought a Navy script. Yeah. Uh, baseball. You do jersey, have a baseball jersey. I was, yeah, I was wearing it the other okay. day, but I, I wore it on Sunday as I was around the house, you know what I mean? So I did like, took out the trash, you know what I mean? And then I had the baseball jersey on and then I was like checking the mail in the baseball jersey. <laughs> you know, I ran to the grocery store in the baseball jersey. It's not like something I would wear out and yeah, about. Yeah, you weren't you know going to be mean? seen but, like, in it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, it's Sunday. I'm 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 lounging around and then if someone at Whole Foods were like, you know, go heels and they knew the game was on, I'm like, respect, right. go heels. Right. But otherwise, they probably were like, who's this 20-year-old frat bro at Whole Foods in Sherman yeah. Oaks? You know what I mean? That's... That's I just I, I felt like I looked like a, I looked like one of those guys that's trying to go to Coachella and won't give up the dream. You know, I'm, I'm pushing you forward. Got, you got to do dad mode with it. You know what I mean? Which is like dad mode is like I just found this and I put yeah. it on. You know what I mean? Like that. that's how you have okay. to approach it. Yeah. You can't approach it like I put this on because I, I think it's so you're cool. saying I should tuck it in. I should tuck it. Do not tuck it. Wait, do you is it like personalized? Do you get your name on the back? No, it, no, it, I, I should do that. I should get it stitched like authentic. <laughs> stitched 34 Some people times. have really strong opinions on people specifically adults who wear jerseys uh, i think it, it could be a little bit weird if it's like a college game but uh quick story when i was an umpire when i was in high school there's this one team in the league this is like eight-year-olds every coach had a personalized authentic reds stitched jersey with their their own last name on the back. But whenever I <laughs> yeah, see adults wearing jerseys, I think of them. And they were the worst coaches in the league. Gave us um, like the hardest time of anyone. Didn't know half the rules of baseball. And they were <laughs> in charge of teaching young children how to play the game. Yeah. So whenever I see an adult in a, in a nice baseball jersey like that, I immediately think back Does- to those guys. I don't think you're in that boat. But I'm just saying, you just be careful, especially if you try to get a person. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Is what Hearing you describe it, Tyler, there's there's a non-zero <laughs> chance that those guys lost their fantasy football league, and that was their punishment. It was like they had to go no. coach literally baseball. This, this was the peak of their athletic careers. Oh, okay. <laughs> like they, it was embarrassing. I hope they're listening. But if, oh. <laughs> I hope they are too. <laughs> Wearing their Shout jerseys. Out to those guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I have a little more clarity. I think. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go easy on it. I'll bust it out certain occasions, but I I I felt like I needed something to take because uh, I have my lucky sweater, and I was kind of like trying to kick the tires on having another lucky <laughs> item to wear for like big Ohio State Ooh. sporting events. Like I could wear it to an Ohio State football game. Why not Ohio State basketball? Because you can't wear a basketball jersey, you know. Like I can't pull that off. Nah, you got to wear something underneath. Basketball it. like jersey is like yeah, it's too. It's much. too much. But I you know like I guess and and. And you know, and, and I don't the football jerseys like I don't I don't know I I, I guess I like Ohio football jerseys fine. You wear a football jersey like with a hoodie underneath it. I think you're yeah. fine. But like basketball, jersey so I was like, you know, I'll do baseball. I'll mix up. it up. Like I like the baseball program. It's cool. I maybe I get like a lacrosse jersey or like a hockey sweater or something. Maybe that's how I, I don't know. Like we can I can solve this at another time. But thank you, Tyler. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the help. 
Thank you, Tyler. Good <laughs> our expert, our fashion our, expert. Uh, our, Tyler, you're a millennial, right? <laughs> and he's like, what? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, moving on. Uh, any other shout outs, State? I have, I have one more shout out. If, 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 if no, I, get, if I get to it. it is, uh, give, give us the shout um, out. Chet Hanks. I want to shout out Chet Hanks, who I saw at uh, Sweet Green and Marina Del Rey today. <laughs> nice. Nice. I mean, I love to see that. I love to hear that. Chet Hanks is uh, eating healthy. So apparently White Boy Summer uh, means paying $18 for a salad uh, from Sweet Green. So there you go. I was was in line and I was like, I know that guy. How do I know that guy? And then he he ordered in in a Jamaican accent. And I was like, there it is. (laughs) He's speaking Patois. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Is that who I think it is? Chet Hanks? (laughs) He was wearing, I should you not, he was wearing a wife beater. Um, and, and, of course yeah, he was. Yeah, so I, I respected that because I was like, "That's all. That's authentic, dude." Like this guy is. <laughs> this guy. This guy knows his brand. <laughs> he knows his brand. <laughs> so shout out to him. Uh, and and I know my mom listens to this and to listens to our show. So uh, my mom gets a kick out of uh, me running into celebrities. So there you go, mom. Go Google Chet Hanks and tell me what you find. <laughs> yeah, that's Tom Hanks' son, which is really going to throw you for a loop once you figure that out. Connect, you know what I mean? Tom Hanks is out like promoting Elvis right now, and Chet Hanks is in Marina Del Rey <laughs> in a white beer. <laughs> he apparently lives by me, by the way, which is which is big. Sure it's big news for uh, for the locals around here because we're losing Mike Schmitz. Tate, he's going to Portland. You saw that, right? Oh wow! Mike Mike yeah, Schmitz is a is a Marina guy. He's a Marina man. Um, he he's going to work in the Portland front office apparently. Uh, so now it was basically me and Worldwide Bob who lives down the road for me. He lives just right <laughs> over there. I know exactly where he lives. You know, Gus Johnson lives over there too. Well, there we go. So like, I, I need I need <laughs> that, that's a that's who you needed. Uh, Gus is like not. He's like right up the Dude, road. Dude, I need more allies. That's who you got. Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. lived over here but he, he nice. sold his place and moved to texas um so like they're like everybody yeah, did no. during the pandemic yeah so i need more allies in my my fight against <laughs> wob and uh having chet hanks and gus johnson on my side has me excited so there we go that's mm. it um mm. all right that's the show uh we will are we where are we doing a show what, what what's next you're going to uh you're going to game five right yeah, I am going. I'm flying to Oakland on Sunday. We'll be at Game Five in San Francisco on Monday, and then my flight on Tuesday morning leaves at like seven thirty in the morning. So I get back at like you know I'll be back home like nine thirty, and then I was gonna say we could we could record Monday night after the game. Like I could just go back and you know we we record then or we record Tuesday morning in por- in person. Yeah, yeah, let's just do Tuesday morning. I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it. But. It'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I uh, hopefully you know at that point we'll be watching a two two series yeah. with the Warriors about to go up three. If the Warriors go Steph up three Curry two, have an we'll amazing game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Right. I I do feel good about the Avalanche, but I am worried that Tampa Bay is. I think they're starting to believe that they're destined for a three peat. I want to say that. That's my that's my one hockey thing. There is there is an, an outside chance I will be in Colorado. Um if if the series do, do mm. the Avalanche have home home ice advantage? Is it uh uh in the, I think in so because the, the Rangers have home ice. They have home ice against uh Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think the Avalanche were were had a better had record, a better right? Record. So I, I, I think Avalanche. Oh, would, there's no would way of knowing, home. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we could probably look it up um, in five seconds, but I don't want. But to. if the, if it goes to seven, I think there's there's like a fifty fifty chance I'll be in Denver for Game Seven. Look at us. So dude, look at us. You you want to get a lot of people. They talk about podcasters and like these guys are in their mom's basement. Me and you were at. We're the at games. the game. Even better, dude. What if what if the Avalanche win? What do they sweep? But they win in four or five, and I'm there for the parade. 
Now we're talking. That's even better, Boots now on the we're Ground. Because I, I, I care more about the celebration. Now we're talking. Speaking of, did you see DeAndre Ayton is leaving? Like it's it's a foregone conclusion that he is going to leave the Suns. Really? That's juicy. Yeah. I gotta I gotta go I gotta go Yeah, and also the this is and then the last bomb. The athletic is reporting that the Suns, the people some people that work for the team and potentially one player had COVID during game seven oh. and didn't report it. That's what it was. So now we got the excuses. That That's what it was. Out, so. Lucas, Lucas' teammates had COVID uh, against the Warriors as well. That's what I saw. Yes. Um, and yes. It wasn't that DeAndre Ayton obviously so, quit yeah. in front of us and, and definitely is going to another team. Yeah. But, yeah. That's what it was. So, at least we sort of summed James, up the James Sun Harden situation. James Harden had COVID um, in game six as well against the Heat. So, take that. <laughs> He's actually had it for the past two <laughs> years. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> since 2019. That's the show. See you guys. <laughs>